All right, so Cynthia and Oliver are out right now, and it's just me and Ben. And he's sleeping on my shoulder as I record this, so hopefully we can get through this while they're out. So roll number three. Number three is the first of two rolls of film that were completely blank because I messed them up in development. I have no images for those two rolls. Oh, I guess someone's awake. And (laughs) I started working on this episode on March 7th. Today's April 9th. So what happened? Life got a little hectic since the last time I tried to do this. Nothing bad, just normal life stuff. And I just lost track of time. I shot the images from this roll between January 15th and January 23rd. That's like almost four months ago now. And it was going to be the first color roll of of the project and of of the year. It was Lomography's 800-speed film, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite film stocks. At the time, I was still developing film, you know, all of my film, color and black and white here at home. And color has a a different chemical process, and I messed that up. I reversed the chemicals, and the result was I ended up pulling, you know, completely transparent negatives out of the tank. You know, the really big bummer is that this happened with roll three and four because I did them at the same time. It's safe to say that I was pretty devastated when I realized what I had done. And it's not like I feel that I lost this great work of art that I had created or anything like that. It's just on some of those days, I feel like I may have captured a couple cool photos that I was really looking forward to seeing. So what am I supposed to do now that I don't have any images for at least a week and a half? Um, I'm inspired by this book that I have. It's called Photographs Not Taken. And... It's a collection of essays by different photographers, all telling stories or talking about photographs that they didn't capture. Um, And and they're all different. Uh, A photographer, Kelly Connell, uh, it's literally just a list of photographs she missed, like West Texas storm rolling in July on way to Colorado. Christine smiling, face up, eyes closed, soaking up the sun. And she has a whole list of a bunch of images like this. And then there's other people that um, just tell a story. There's a, there's a guy that talks about when he was 15, he convinced his dad to take him to, into town and to bring a book and go away for about three hours and let him just go make portraits. And as soon as he gets out of the car, he realizes that he didn't pack any film and his camera doesn't have any either. And he has no money and he just doesn't have the guts to tell his dad that he just wasted this whole trip out here for nothing. So he walks around town for a little while and eventually makes his way into a tavern. And I don't know how he got in, but, you know, he was 15 at the time, but he he makes his way into this tavern and... You know, when cameras and alcohol, you know, mix and things happen. Yeah. So he he just describes the events and he 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 has this really amazing experience. And um, as he's walking back to meet his dad, you know, he he's excited about the photos that he thinks he captured. And then he remembers, oh, man, I didn't have any film in the camera. And. You know, he gets disappointed and then he's like, well, but you know what? I had this experience and and I learned that 
the camera actually gives me access to people. You know, the camera is his ticket to get in front of people and have experiences and have connection, really. You know, and that kind of sets him up for the rest of his life. So this part of the process in this project where I reflect on images is actually, it's actually been more helpful than the creation of the images. And I've had a good amount of time to let this incident and let this, this mistake and this failure really speak to me, I guess, if you will. I've, I've learned, you know, one of the mistakes that I made that multitasking, I'm, I'm just not that great at multitasking. And in the following weeks, you know, not too long after this, I actually reached a breaking point and I learned just how many plates are too many to keep spinning all at once before they all come crashing down. I also happen to be very lucky to have a great group of people nearby to help me put those pieces back together and clean up after me. One of the other regrets that I've turned into a lesson is I wasn't doing a great job at keeping notes. I actually wasn't really keeping notes at all. Um, it was all in my head and that was easy for the first two, three rolls, but somewhere between roll number three and number four, I realized, okay, this is going to get out of hand really quickly. and. I, um, I discovered an app called Notion, which is like this really cool database app that kind of runs my entire life now. And I made a film log and a daily photos log. And so I've started to keep notes about the photos that I make every day. And I started snapping a digital copy of it just for reference. Um, the cool part is I started somewhere in the middle of roll three with this process. So when I lost a couple images, one of them um, was Oliver and I actually went to get a haircut for the first time in like the entire pandemic. And I shot some photos of him in the chair and it was the first time that he sat in the chair by himself um, at like a big boy barbershop, not like one of these kids barbershops, but like the barbershop that I go to. And um, I snapped a bunch of photos of him, you know, looking all handsome and everything. And those photos were gone, obviously, from, from the roll of film. But I was able to capture a bunch of stuff on my phone, which I'm really thankful for. I have, I have a digital copy, usually, or at least I have notes and references. And it's sort of become this mini diary of photos, thoughts, and feelings, which is uh, pretty cool to look back on. So with roll number three, there's a total of nine days that are missing from the project now. Not all of the images are super cool or winners, but um, for example, day 15, uh, I had just loaded the roll of color film. I was running out of time and the sky looked really pretty and, you know, colors and color film. So I snapped a photo of the sky, nothing groundbreaking or interesting really. Um, day 16 was my Chemex. I made coffee like I always do and I snapped a picture of my Chemex. Day 17 was we were out on a walk with my family. Day 18 we actually went to lunch in public. Um, we haven't really gone out to eat very frequently 
in about a year because of the global pandemic. So this day we actually were out and about and, and stopped and grabbed lunch at this really cool place that's outdoors. And, it, you know, we felt really safe and um, it was just nice to, to feel a little normal again. Um, day 19 uh, was like my morning meetings with Ben. Um, you know, he wakes up early and, and sometimes I have meetings and he's able to sit in on some of those, which is great. Day nine, uh, no, day 20. So day 20, that was inauguration day. And that, this is one of the, one of the days where I really was hoping to, to see these images because it's inauguration day. You know, it felt different that morning. Um, the houses in my neighborhood all have a bunch of American flags up and down the block and Oliver was riding his bike and, you know, the weather was nice and the sun was cool and, um, I don't know. I just wanted to, I wanted to grab pictures of, of Oliver as he's riding his bike and, and there's all these American flags and it just felt different. And don't get me wrong. I'm not under some illusion that this administration is going to fix all of our country's problems, but I don't know. I just feel like it's a, it's a step in a new direction. You know, and I, I feel like I grabbed some really cool shots of, of my son on his bike as we're, you know, starting a new era, if you will, for our country. Uh, day 21, I, again, I was running out of time and I didn't, you know, this is where, this is where life started to get really weird and, and, and a little off balance. So this was actually my first attempt at a, at a self-portrait and it was going to be a long exposure. Day 22, it was another sky photo. Um... And this is actually where I really started to keep track of the images I was making and started tracking notes. Day 23, um, it was the, that was the day we went to the barbershop. Every parent knows that like when their son gets a haircut, all of a sudden it looks like they're, you know, five years older. And so, um, like I said, I was pretty bummed not to have those images, but I'm lucky that I did snap a few with my phone. Roll number four was a super expired roll. I think it expired in like 2006 of Fuji Extra 800. And I rated it at 200 because it was expired. And I was expecting some color shifts and just some weird, moody, grainy stuff. But because I was uncertain about, you know, how that would turn out because it was expired, um, I shot it in three days. I just burned through it. Um, Day 24, that racetrack from earlier in the project was still on the stairs on day 24, and I just took another photo of that. On day 25, it was just, it was gloomy and rainy all day, and I took a picture of the weather and what the light looked like in my office. People that know me for any amount of time know that I'm always buying and selling stuff on Craigslist, OfferUp, Facebook Marketplace, wherever, and I'm always finding really great deals, like ridiculously good deals. A while back, I think the best, you know, deal of the century that I ever got was I found a Hasselblad SWC, the super wide camera, um, with a lens and a bunch of film backs and a whole bunch of other little accessories. And the guy posted it for like $150. Now, sometimes this kind of stuff will raise a couple red flags. You know, the seller may have, you know, dependency issues, you know, addiction problems. And, you know, but I show up and the guy seemed pretty cool. And he, he told me that he was just trying to downsize, like trying to get rid of a bunch of stuff. So I gave him 150 bucks. 
And then I posted it on eBay and it sold three days later for $1,800. I'm always, you know, finding cool deals like this. And I always, uh, the secret is you have to look for stuff when you don't need it. So here's the example. Let's say I needed a new laptop. Let's say that the laptop I'm using right now, you know, gave up the ghost and it just died tonight. According to my theory, I would have found a better deal two weeks ago before I actually had an urgent need for a new laptop. I would have had a, a, a better chance at finding a really good deal then compared to me having to find one now out of necessity. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but at least it seems like that's the way it's always worked out for me. And all this to say, I got a new coffee grinder. That was day 26. That's what I took a picture of. I bought this new coffee grinder on OfferUp and I got a really great deal because I didn't actually need a new coffee grinder, but I have a saved search for these things and one showed up and apparently the guy had more coffee grinders than he needed and he passed one on to me at a really great price. And that's what I ended up taking a picture of on day 26. Nothing, nothing that extraordinary. So what happened? Like why, why more than a month between when this project started and where, you know, and today? A friend shared with me the other day this thing on imposter syndrome and the five different like manifestations or the five different ways that it kind of like shows up in our life. And it's funny, I related to a whole bunch of them. You know, they, they, they have names like the perfectionist and the superhero, the natural genius, the soloist and the expert. At first glance, I thought maybe natural genius. You know, this is someone who judges their, their worth by how easily things come to them. And if they have to work too hard to, you know, get good at a task or good at relationships and that sort of thing, then they feel ashamed. And I, I can relate to that. But when I got to the expert and I read that one, that one just made me really uncomfortable. And over the last couple of years or a handful of years, I've done a little bit of self-work with the Enneagram. And that's taught me that anytime you're uncomfortable with something like this, usually that's an indicator of, you know, you got to dig a little deeper there. The expert, someone who judges their worth by how much they know. They constantly feel as if they're not smart enough and fear being exposed as unknowledgeable. Yeah, I sat with that one for a while. And even right now, just reading that back, like I got that uneasy feeling again in my stomach. I'll often say things like, I don't call myself a creative as often as I call myself a technician. And like a couple of my friends that I work with, actually my bosses, they, um, they always have this concern to like reassure me that I am a creative person. And I, I never claim not to be a creative person. I, I, I think creativity is always along for the ride. Like it comes along to make the technical things pretty, right? But I don't rely on the, the abstract creativity to get the job done. I don't ever think that I'm any less creative than anyone else, and I don't, I don't measure myself as like being more creative than other people. I'm more concerned with being perceived as an expert of my craft than how creative I am. And you know, reading this article or reading this information about 
the imposter syndrome and how each of us, you know, grapple with that um, was very eye-opening and very, um, very telling why there is 30-some days between when this episode started till now. Yes, life got a little crazy and a little hectic, but the fact that I screwed up a two chemical process, like it's literally just a two-part process, and I, I messed that up, really, really spoke to the insecurities of who I am. So what did I learn here? I don't, I don't really know yet, but I'm about to hit 17 minutes on this episode, which would make this the longest one so far. And I think it's kind of interesting that the longest episode just so happens to be the one without any images. 